Give me a go, no go for launch. Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. I was gonna say something that was not true. I, I don't know why we do these. Let's make film history. We are go for launch. We are live. I like to dance. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Almost Sideways Podcast. It is our live post-Oscars show, episode 169 of the Almost Sideways Podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube, nice to see you. If you are uh, checking us out on the podcast a couple days later, whenever we get around to posting this, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Terry Plucknett. We got Todd. We got Zach. I think Adam's coming on, too. Uh, but uh, he's not here yet. I'm sure he'll be here soon. Either he's working on it or he's watching and like, oh, crap, they wanted me on, too. Um, so uh, yeah. I, I'm sure we'll get at him soon. But, uh, hey, we, we just watched Coda take Best Picture. We watched a lot of other crazy stuff go down. So uh, initial reactions. Um, uh Zachami uh, Chalamet down there with the uh, with the uh, coat on with no shirt underneath. However, you have you. a little more you have a little more hair on your chest than uh, than Mister Mister Shamlet. Does. I have a little little more experience in the industry. Like <laughs> unlike Timothy Chalamet, my first reaction, I think it's on everybody's mind. The most cheerworthy moment. I mean, really, that's going to be your number one. Like. <laughs> I thought Spider-Man 3 or Spider-Man No Way Home had it in the bag. That was clearly the most cheerworthy moment of all time. I'm a little bit disappointed. I think that should have been number one. Number two should have been Will Smith punching Chris Rock. And number three mm. should have been this podcast. And that's all I'm, I'm, I'm saying about that. But uh, yeah, it was, it was quite an event. And shout out to Todd, who both predicted... Power of the Dog would win Best Picture, and then he took it back. Todd, can you tell us a right little time. bit about? Can you tell us a little bit of how much money you are going to win off of this? That is what I really want to know. That's the major story of this Oscars. There's never been a more successful hedge in the history of gambling, degenerate <laughs> gambling. Yeah, well, on Coda, I I got it at three to one, so I bet fifty dollars to win one hundred fifty dollars. So that was nice. I also had like two hundred dollars on Dune to win sound. <laughs> well, I mean that yeah, was probably about the one safest. like five dollars, right? Yeah, it was the safest bet of them all. Well, no, I mean, well, I did that like a month ago, so I it was <laughs> minus five hundred. So yeah, I didn't win that much money. And uh, I don't know I had some good bets. I bet at Jessica Chastain like three months ago at, at nine to one. So nice, that's that a good one. Um, it looks like uh, I, I didn't realize this as it was going on but there were only three movies that won multiple oscars tonight uh dune went home with six texts but obviously that means the director shouldn't have been nominated um right. coda went three for three uh and the eyes of tammy faye yeah there two. we go everything else Great won pick. one to grab the eyes of tammy faye obviously a better movie than the power of the dog and drive my car and i gotta say i'm really happy for cruella i mean 
that lady talked more than Ryosuke Hamaguchi. And that was a great moment of this ceremony. She was awesome. I think she was my favorite speech. <laughs> we will always remember the best costume design. And I love how they had the best makeup at the end of the ceremony. That was one of the top three awards of the night was best makeup. It's like wow. they forgot that they hadn't done it yet. They're like, oh, shit. I'm pretty, um. sure, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. <laughs> okay. Too, dis too distracted by Timothy Chalamet's outfit. Yeah. And they yeah. forgot to run it. So so let, let's so you brought that up. I I was one that was thinking about, all right, how is this going to go having the pre-recorded uh, awards kind of spliced into the show? Uh, they said they were going to to um, I think they said at one point they were going to play the speeches in their entirety. Obviously, they didn't. Um, they did at the beginning. They did so at the, the first, beginning and they the first few because then they ran they were really running short on time. Yeah, I, I love how this whole thing was to keep the show under three hours, and this was Todd, you said it was the longest show in how long? Well, I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that they haven't gone like over three and a half oh, in like it's at least been while. twenty years. I, I would I yeah, would guess two thousand one maybe. Two thousand one probably. I think that was the last four hour ceremony. Because we got two songs from the same movie and one of them wasn't even nominated. Like what are we doing? And well, okay, yeah. So and but we there was a fifth nominated song that didn't that they didn't play because Van Morrison couldn't be there, even though they wrote a special vaccination rule just for him. Um, but uh, then you had Hans Zimmer there. That was weird. Yeah, he wasn't there. I don't know what was up with that. Uh, but you had um, you 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 had Bruno, and we're sitting there listening to it with our kids. They only were saying one verse of Bruno, and then they went into this whole remix thing about the Oscars. And awful! It was it was horrible. Everyone loves that song because of that. I mean, all the different stuff that goes on in the song. You're gonna sing the first verse, and then you're gonna do your own thing. That's not the song. That I that that sounds like the Super Bowl halftime show. I think I think we need to start making a tiered sort of arrangement of what was the worst of this ceremony because this was clearly the worst ceremony in my lifetime it was disgusting <laughs> last year was so much worse <laughs> oh last year had peter matthews as the editor though i mean it was really like sleek and well done and george clooney probably should have been it this was just awful on all levels and i think the real mvp is is will smith because Here's the thing. No one is going to be talking about how awful this ceremony was. Everybody's going to be talking about Will Smith. And what's kind of hilarious about it is that was sort of like the experience of watching King Richard. It wasn't about Venus and Serena. It was about King Richard. It was not about the Oscars. It was about Will Smith. I think he kind of pulled a Jedi mind trick on us and I got to hand it to it. I think he saved the Oscars. He is the MVP. He is the biggest uh, douchebag and biggest stick man of the Oscars. I mean, what? he's getting it in tonight and we can all praise Will Smith for his toxic masculinity on so many levels. But, you know, uh, where's Adam is the real question. Yeah, Adam's the LVP. Yeah, well, the, the Oscars got their viral moment, that's for sure. Like, immediately, yeah. that was, like, everywhere. Like, and uh, what was that? Was it real? Was it not real? Obviously, it was. And so, and uh, I don't know. All I could, all I was thinking about, like, throughout all the NCAA tournament was how much uh, Juwan Howard looks like Will Smith. And Juwan go. Howard just recently had a scandal, the exact same 
exact same thing. It's like it's just kind of too perfect. The synchronicity there is a uh, there's can we questionable. Get, can we get a better director for the Jawan Howard biopic instead of whoever directed King Richard? <laughs> Ronaldo Marcus Green. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just asking for a little bit of quality, you know. I mean, King Richard was nominated for many awards, but I just I think we need a little little who's higher. A, who's up. a good Let's Detroit director? I think <laughs> like, Cian, Cian, Sean, what's her name? Sean. Sean, could we could we have her? No, she's gonna do a Broadway remake. Okay, sorry, forgot she's off the list. She's right. gonna do the next Cats. No, actually, you text uh, Todd texted me that she's gonna be uh, the next director of Wicked. So she's off the yeah. list. Yeah, because like you said, like Bill Condon, he won his Bill screenplay Condon's Oscar. And then... How about Rob Cohen? Is he still alive? No, that's what I mean. Like that was one of the people you were like, yeah, they they did their they win their screenplay Oscar and then they direct a bad musical or something like that, like like uh, Tom Hooper. <laughs> okay, so let let's talk about the Will Smith moment in in greater detail. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's my take about it. Okay. Are we Will? Are we Team Will? Or are we hashtag Team Chris? I feel like oh, Chris was an absolute pro. Uh, he, well, he got cold cocked, and then he's just like, "Are they just gonna let him do this?" And he's like, "Okay, um, I guess." Listen, I'm a little bit Team Will right now, although I could be swayed. Here's the reason I'm Team Will is because who makes a joke about GI Jane? Okay, that movie is 25 years old. Why did we not have a Demi Moore, Ridley Scott, Tom Skerritt reunion at the Oscars over G.I. Jane is my real question. A G.I. Jane joke deserves a punch in the face. It has nothing to do with Jada. It's just a lame joke. I, what percent of that crowd understands that joke, G.I. Jane? I mean, I think a lot of people 6%? do. I bet Troy Kotzer got it. I bet what's really funny is like right before this, like the segment before, they made a joke about another bad Ridley Scott movie, The Last Duel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like back to back, like shitting on Ridley Scott. I was like, yes. <laughs> I mean, the, uh... you know, we're, we got to deep dive G.I. Jane at this point, or at least a kind Oh, we have to have Terry Sr. on for that. It's like his second favorite movie. <laughs> So, so I, I think, all right, it was a horrible joke. Yeah, it was a tasteless was a, joke, but that's a, why you have Chris Rock there. Yeah, like he, and it was, it was super, it was a super corny joke. Like it was just a bad joke. Everyone knew it was a bad joke. Tasteless, sure, but the whole night. I mean, let, let's shout out the the uh, the hosts a little bit here because I thought they had some pretty funny bits, and they started out by. I mean, when Amy Schumer got out there and roasted like the entire audience, like that, that truly felt like a roast. It wasn't like oh, the funniest part of the whole night was was when she said, uh, apparently the Academy doesn't don't look up reviews or something. <laughs> I was like, yes, that was that was br I almost liked that as much as her moment that said and in the in memoriam segment is the Golden Globes because they died. That was very funny as well. Yeah, she was Regina, on her Regina game. Hall's thing was awful, though. Like, I, no, I don't like no, that. Yeah. Just, I mean, that was no good. Unspeakably bad. <laughs> She's like so, molesting Josh Brolin for some reason. We we did have a comment here, and and I I heard this too, and that that Jada has a hair loss condition, which is why it wasn't it was an right. issue with the joke. Yes, speaking from with, experience, with, with like just, you get used it's to it. Not funny. Alopecia. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's serious. Yeah. It's a serious I mean, condition. Todd, you're you. It's you, a lame you joke. Not you're, funny. You, 
you've got the same thing. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I mean it's... if it's if it's new, then yeah, I could see how that would be offensive. But now, I mean, at, at that point, I'm just like whatever. It's like I'm right. bald, so it's. I fine. mean, it it was it was a it was a tasteless joke. It was just a bad joke. But at the same time, well, I think Will Smith you're... initially thought it was funny, but did, did he realize like what he was it. actually joking at? And then he's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> it, it's kind of like be the man. It's kind of like how Faye Dunaway at the Oscar or Warren Beatty gave the envelope to to Faye Dunaway. We're not going to have a lot of sympathy for you, uh, you know. And so, therefore, his laughing, I think, undermined a little bit of his credibility. But the truth is, I mean, what a moment, you know? Did you guys watch the Japanese simulcast that did not censor anything? I mean that yeah. that was what really sold it. It wasn't so much his. It wasn't so much the slap. It was the the uh the 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 wording the afterwards the shouting uh, that was the that was the realness of that it, place the was silent too it was like uh yeah <laughs> yeah i i think my favorite was someone took a, a screenshot of it and said everyone in the world right now is lapita lapita nyongo because she was sitting behind will just with this look on her face like Mm. Yeah, they didn't show jada again after that like they showed no. Will a lot but like no. it's like i think she might have left yeah, well, she I, was there when when he won. I thought, but you know what was, wasn't there was the like a uh, production values when they had to cut away with because he spit on the camera or something. Like, I, what was that? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. That was that was weird. <laughs> but um, I yeah, so I I realized it was a bad joke. It was a tasteless joke. At the same time, celebrities deal with this. I mean, if every bad tasteless joke deserved a slap in the face i mean ricky gervais would have been slapped 50 times every time he hosted the globes this is something that happens at these at these award shows and you you can't you can't fly off the handle like that you can't you walk up on stage and you slap if it was anybody the, but will smith presenter? i don't think it would have worked I, I i think if it was javier bardem or something that was i i think they probably would have stopped him because it's obviously not part of the gag you know well, then, like, it, i mean it was will smith like i mean everybody's like best best bud well and 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 chris rock was trying to play it off like that until he cold cocked yeah him. yeah well and 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 the real another we we have to talk about denzel's role in this i mean denzel brokered the truce he took he i took saw denzel will, and tyler perry took tyler him, perry took was there too he took will smith aside and said like like uh Werner Herzog said to Joaquin Phoenix after he crashed his car, man, chill, relax. And I feel like that got to Will Smith. I, did Denzel save the Oscars? Is the real question we have to ask. Denzel, I think, is the MVP. <laughs> I I'm yeah. I, it was and Diddy. I, I think Diddy, yeah. Diddy <laughs> kind of broke too. the broke it too and and Questlove I did what he could um and once again Amy Schumer knows how to push buttons while still making it kind of funny she, she's like did something happen what's with yeah, the mood yeah I don't know it, it was <laughs> it, it was bizarre and then and then his speech um I thought his speech I I don't the bad mm, speech it, it, bad speech here's the thing is now here's here's the thing about Will Smith's career now when we say the words, pull a Will Smith, now that is forever associated with punching someone on stage. Is that really the direction that he wanted his career to go in? And now is, is everyone, everyone looks like... up his Oscar speech, it's going to be him apologizing for 
hitting somebody and it justified it because the character he played was similar to him. Exactly. Like, oh, it's, I, it's terrible. I thought it was fascinating that that the quote or the, the clip they played for him was him looking at Venus saying, you know, you're going to be representing all these people when you're out there. And I'm like, the, and, and I, I was expecting the camera to go to him and him just to be like bawling because he realized that he let all those people down in that moment. But I, yeah, I. Did, did we see, uh, did you guys see any parallels? What, so for about 30 seconds, I thought it was fake. I saw a little bit of parallels between this moment and the Glenn Close, the butt moment last year. But I think it was real, though, right? We think it was real, right? It had to be real. Oh, it totally is. was 100% real. Yeah. It's it's so fascinating that in 2022, we see so few. Are we just get, we're giving up on Adam. We're, okay. we're giving up Bye, on Adam. We, there's so <laughs> few moments of realness in this world that we have to question the reality of it. Uh, that was just my comment. It's fascinating. Yeah, uh, it. And that was everyone. Like I immediately went to went to Twitter. Was like, was this real? Did did what what just happened? And everyone was questioning. And it wasn't until yeah, you saw the unedited from other places that were like, yeah, no, this is what this is. This was not staged in well, any way. When you way. saw it without without word without the volume, like I could see in Will Smith's eyes that he was pissed. So I thought mm-hmm. it was real initially and then but when you look back on like the actual punch it looks fake it yeah, looked, that, that's yeah, other, it looked like that's he pulled the, the other punch. thing it was not a very sincere <laughs> but the authentic sound punch. it was a effect, slap it was a slap the sound effect slap. sounded legit because it was right next to his microphone i'm sure yeah i think it was a little bit of a weak slap if we're giving it a score i'd go maybe a four out of ten i mean of what like in terms of how much pain it inflicted i think so because maybe chris rock just knows how to take a punch i mean that could have been the other thing that showed that it wasn't uh that it it wasn't fake because because it didn't look that great he he didn't he didn't react like it was but like it was fake i mean he didn't give a uh oh you know he just he just took it and his face didn't even move you and, know then he, and then he swore like Chris Fox, like Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was like, and that was before it cut out. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I just feel bad for Russell Crowe in this whole thing. I mean, if we were giving by 2021 standards, Russell Crowe would have two Oscars at this point. Like, if we're applauding someone for punching another person and giving them an Oscar, I mean, all due respect to Denzel, maybe the MVP of the ceremony, but honestly, Russell Crowe should have two Oscars. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So what's the chances that uh, Chris Rock joins Will Smith in presenting Best Actress next year? <laughs> I think pretty good, right? Uh, I'd say that's, that's pretty good. I, if they invite Will Smith back. And I think they would have kicked him out if they weren't going to invite him back. Like, I mean, he assaulted somebody on national TV. Like, he's. But I think at the same time they realized that they were about to give him an opportunity to take the mic and say something about it. I know, but didn't that kind of like tarnish your reputation I, I <laughs> just a little bit. Know. I don't know. I mean, I, I think they'll invite him back. I mean, he sort of made amends, and it, everyone's going to remember that moment. If, if they don't invite him back, then they're just hurting their own ratings again. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but uh, I, I like couldn't get over that for a while. And uh, in the meantime, 
Godfather reunion happened that yeah, I, don't I completely remember anything about that. I completely missed yeah, I, because I was busy reeling from from the Will Smith thing. But it was like, oh hey, we've got we've got Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, and Francis Ford Coppola on stage together. I think then, the real the real question is: Does anyone remember our Godfather podcast? Because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I. I uh... <laughs> I, I think we have a vo vocal evidence of the fact that you probably shouldn't remember that. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that was that was the uh, the the second of two podcasts we recorded in a day that day. Um, yeah, the so they kept on like the whole the thing reunion was stuff promoting... was kind of cool though. I mean, the the, the Pulp Fiction one was super lame, but I mean, yeah, it still was cool to see them dancing again. <laughs> That's gonna be like the, the thing of their whole career. Did, did you the laugh at can jump one? Did you laugh at my text, Todd? I said I said it was uh, worse. It, this is worse than be cool. That I, I, <laughs> I didn't even anyone, see that you said a, that. I don't think anyone I mean, else laughed at that. <laughs> I mean, it, that was a, like a three out of it's ten. Play, it's playing the same joke. Punch was a four out of ten. That was a three out of ten. Okay, keep going, Terry. What else? What else? <laughs> well, I was just gonna say the they kept on promoting all like what they promoted in this whole thing was. Come for we don't talk about Bruno, which we already said sucked. Uh, come for the uh, the sixty year celebration of James Bond, which yeah. was presented oh, by Sean Tony White. Hawk, Sean White, and Kelly Slater, and was just a two minute montage. Um, that was beautiful. And, yeah, it's not like I, you know, it's not like there was an Oscar nominated actor in the supporting actress category who'd been a part of James Bond or anything. Like they couldn't ask anyone who's actually been a part of this of, of this of the franchise to present that. But you know, Sean White, I mean, come I on, know, they had Javier Judy Dench and Javier Bardem there. Yeah. Both are Oscar yeah. winners in they the were, franchise. They were sitting <laughs> right there, right there. I mean, you you still have. Lazenby's still alive, which they forgot to mention, by the way. You still have four Bonds alive, like current Bonds, like li living Bonds alive that you could have had a, a reunion of, and instead you decided to. That have seems those like a that seems like three. a BAFTA thing to do, though. They probably but, but, have done that. And then, and then you had the the Godfather thing presented by Diddy. Because that and, makes sense. Yeah, and then. Nobody remembered it because of Will Smith. I mean, who would have thought the most, the most, uh, the the moment everyone's going to remember from this uh, the ceremony was the presentation of best documentary. <laughs> yeah. I uh, did. You guys recognize Francis Ford Coppola? I don't. I don't think he looks very good. I mean, he's really, really old. Very frail and fragile. Yeah, I mean, I mean we, we don't even need to mention Liza Minnelli. That, I, I felt so bad for Liza. That, that was, was awful. Oh, I, I, it, it was. Oh, that just broke my heart seeing her up yeah. there like that. Um, but I okay. mean, it's it's sort of a yeah. metaphor for the whole ceremony because I mean, maybe we'll talk about this, but no one cares about movies, right? We don't care about movies. We just care about song and dance numbers, and we care about people like Sean White, and we care about bruno and we care about uh song numbers but we don't care about the movies we don't care about the classics we don't care about anything Th this was the most nihilistic ceremony of i've ever seen there was no interest in the movies no interest in the quality no interest in the star power it was just all cutaways and lame jokes and musical numbers 
and uh, I feel I feel s- sad and sick watching it. It, it, it was just uh, it was a travesty. There were two great moments. There were two I thought really profound, deeply moving moments. One of them was Troy Kotzer's speech, which we can yeah. talk about. That was a I thought really a, a really nice moment, really a moment that I think kind of celebrated why the Oscars are so special because that was a sincere moment. And then I, I guess I would say I really like Ariana DeBose's speech. I like Jane Campion's speech, maybe one, maybe three, three good moments, but you know, is it, is it, uh, it's like, why can't you just let the, let the winners speak? Like they have good things to say, you know, you got to play the, you got to play Hamaguchi off stage because you have to make way for another musical number. It's just ridiculous. The, the, these producers are awful. They, they don't understand movies. They don't understand the prestige and the history of the Oscars. And uh, this was a slap in the face. It was an insult to, I think, all of the presenters, all of the, all the winners. And I just, I feel bad about it. I felt, I felt dirty watching it. It was a horrible, horrible event overall. Well, but I mean, but so for me, like, I, I mean, I liked uh, Kenneth Branagh's speech and his was totally rehearsed. Like he knew exactly what he was going to say and which he can still say really interesting things while doing that. I mean, Aaron Sorkin but did, did you that really expect anything story. else out of Branagh? I mean, of course, well, no, he was but I mean, that's fully prepared and composed. And it was concise too like it was a maybe a little over a minute long and he was the writer director producer of his movie and he he put everything into a nice package and he he made it work like i mean you could do that too you don't have to get up there and have no idea what you're going to say and just ramble on yeah um i i think it's it's interesting that you definitely got this vibe that this oscars was trying to entertain and you can tell that there is a sentiment that the movies being honored and the awards being given for the movies that are being honored is not entertaining enough anymore for the Oscars. Um, From a lot of what I've been hearing, it's not necessarily those that put on the Oscars that are doing this. It's not the Academy's fault. It's ABC putting pressure on, we need ratings up. You need to make this more entertaining. You need to add in all these all these pop culture things because you're not interesting enough to get to get the viewers anymore. Um, and they're the ones that pressured into this whole, you know, pre-recorded the those eight categories and uh, and all of that. It it's a shame because this is supposed to be a celebration of of all these films that won and instead it became a celebration of pop culture. And the thing is, I, I don't think anybody cares. And I think it, you're just alienating the people who love the Oscars for what they are. And the more you, you try to chase, uh, the more you try to chase viewers, the more you're going to lose the ones you, you have. Yeah. I mean, people love movies. You know, we love going to movies, even if it's, a, if it's stupid freaking Spider-Man. I mean, movies are entertaining. They're a pastime. They're great entertainment for everybody. We've made it now 27 minutes through this podcast, and we haven't even mentioned the Best Picture winner. And that's exactly what the Oscars wanted, because they don't care about the quality of the movies. You know, in, in a couple years, the Best Picture winner is going to be an answer to a trivia question that we're never going to remember. And I feel like you're giving Evelyn's speech in sideways. It's not even about the quality anymore. It's only about the marketing. <laughs> the whole industry has gone gutless. Listen, Conundrum Publishing is a small, 
publishing company like Apple TV Plus. And um, yes, exactly. I mean, the day after tomorrow would, you know, it, 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 let's get it into libraries, man. Let's get Coda in, let's get, let's Don't get Coda. Like that wine country. How many people, how, what percentage of people in that, what percentage of Oscar voters do you think actually watch Coda? I'm, I'm going to say a generous estimate is 15%. Gen, and that's generous. So how many, uh, what percent do you think actually vote? What do you mean? Like best? How many, what, what percent of the Academy do you think votes and <laughs> uh, actually votes for the Oscars? Uh, I would go 60%. So, you, I mean, I don't know. I guess still the odds would be in their favor. But, do you think, but I mean, we're bearing the lead here. This is a historic <laughs> moment. This was the first film on a streaming platform to win Best Picture. It was yep. not Netflix. This was a clear sign that the Academy could maintain its maintain maintain its integrity by saying uh -huh. we hate Netflix. We're going to vote for Apple TV Plus instead because they invested $10 million in the Oscar campaign for this movie. And this is the streaming service we like because we can pat ourselves on our back and feel good about this movie. And uh, yay, Ted Lasso, yay, Apple TV Plus. It's on all of our screens when we're in our offices. We see the big Coda advertisement on here. And uh, yeah, let, let's just feel good about ourselves, you know? Well, and I think there's a difference, too, in that films like Power of the Dog and Don't Look Up are Netflix-financed productions, where Coda was a small Sundance movie that Apple bought. So, like, this is still a grassroots movie that was bought by a major production company and was put out by them, where Netflix just throws money at directors and says, make your movie. Um, so I think that that's one thing that is a little different. Let's let's actually talk about this, because I Coda is our best picture winner. I would I'll, I'll say a couple other great moments of the night. Possibly my favorite moment of the night. Troy Kotzer's speech was great, but him walking up to the stage in silence because everyone was giving the deaf applause i thought was potentially even cooler than his actual speech that was a great moment and they did the same thing for best picture too um this is the first i think i saw this is the first best picture winner without a tech nomination uh since grand hotel ordinary people ordinary people or ordinary people had nothing I, no, I thought it, all, it had something uh, below the line. I'm pretty sure it was all above the line categories. Anyways, in a long time. Yeah. And that was actually, I think, my favorite comparison of this race was Coda versus Power of the Dog was like Ordinary People versus uh, versus Raging Bull. You had the, the, uh, the critical darling that may have been a little hard, little uh, not as accessible to the mainstream uh, that was more of an artistic achievement with a brilliant acting. And then you had more of the, the crowd pleaser that the, um, the film that was more made for the populace that people could, could access. It was much more accessible and, and what ends up winning it, the, the one that is the more has a wider audience. But, yeah, but with the voting system, and that's why Coda won this year. I guarantee it didn't have more first place votes than Power of the Dog. It just was no way. Wasn't going to be like a nine or ten on any list. It was it was threes, fours maybe on a few lists. And it's and a the, film that's impossible to hate. I think the the Power of the Dog hatred came in late, 
can we all agree that if this ceremony was held a month ago, like it should have been, Power of the Dog would have won pretty easily. Absolutely. It, it would have won probably five, six awards. Uh, editing, cinematography, <laughs> screenplay for sure. Cody Smith McPhee would have won. Well, and, well that would mean that the nominations would have come out like a month before that, in which case I don't think Coda probably is even nominated. Coda probably wouldn't, wouldn't have been nominated, exactly. Uh, so that's the real story of this awards for me is that because of the delay, because people, uh, you know, there was enough time to stir some backlash to Power of the Dog and because most assuredly people don't like getting told what to vote for. Hey, you should vote for Power of the Dog because it is the most cinematically and stylistically sophisticated movie. Jane Campion is a great director. Eh, it's a little boring to vote for that, though. It's going to win. Everybody likes it. Let's go with the upset pick because it's more fun. Not that I've actually watched the movie, but uh, it's a fun story and we can't make any jokes about it. I mean, listen, Amy, Amy Schumer was shitting on all of the movies except Coda. You can't shit on Coda. And I don't want to make a statement about that. I'm not a Trump supporter. I hate Trump. But I'm just saying that, like, you can't make any jokes about Coda because it has so much earnestness and sincerity to it. So, of course, everybody's going to love it. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, we we talked about it a little bit on this podcast. We, ha we, di we didn't even give it a formal review on this podcast. Most, uh, you know, a lot of critics didn't give it formal reviews. Um, it's a forgettable best picture winner in part because no one has seen it and no one will see it. I mean, the best thing you could say about Coda winning is that hopefully this will spur people to watch this movie on Apple TV plus, and it won't because no one cares because all people are going to want to watch are Will Smith punching Chris Rock. And, Honestly, and that's I think only, a lot of, I think a lot of people capital that the Oscars it. have anymore. I'm sorry, Terry, go ahead. No, I, I think a lot of people actually have already seen it. I, I think, Oh, no a way. Of, I don't think anyone's seen it. You don't think any I, no. I know I know some I know some people no, who don't no watch a lot of movies that have seen Coda because it's on Apple TV Plus. Well they will they'll get an Apple TV Plus subscription. I mean that's what this movie is made to do is to get subscriptions. And I, I'm I guessing there will be more subscriptions. People have subscriptions than you think. I mean, there's a ton of Ted Lasso people out there, and when you go watch Ted Lasso, you you see Coda on there and then you hear, Oh, it's it's this great movie. I think this is this kind of had this this groundswell support that kind of built its way up. The other comparison I heard with this was little miss sunshine. This is if little miss sunshine was able to overcome the departed. That that's kind of what this is, but the, the departed was never going to get overcome because it was Scorsese. Well, if it was the, this voting system, I think little miss sunshine, no, little miss sunshine would have won. won. Absolutely. Little miss sunshine would win if in this voting system, no question, yeah. no question. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's all the voting system because the thing is, the vo Oscar voters like feel-good movies, and they don't like to be challenged in any meaningful way. So they like the movies that they can cry at, that they can hug at. That's a universal sort of human emotion. They don't like movies with a challenging storyline. They don't like uh, movies that try to wear out your patience. They don't like movies that have a complex or unlikable main character. It's all the reaction we have on Power of the Dog. And listen, none of us were huge fans of Power of the Dog, but like, it's... The, the message to the Academy that I have after tonight, listen, Academy members, okay? It is not about what is trending. CODA is trending right now. This is a permanent decision that you just made. You will have to live with this. And I'm not saying CODA is a bad movie. I'm not saying Power of the Dog is the Citizen Kane of our generation. But you cannot vote for an Oscar Best Picture based on what is appealing to you in the, in, in the week that you're voting for it, Okay. And that is what Oscar voters do not seem to understand.
All right, I'm I'm going to throw the BS flag a little bit on what you just said because over the last five years, we've had Oscar wins from Nomadland, Parasite, and Moonlight. So I, to say that all we need is a crowd pleasing that doesn't challenge us it's and an doesn't have like kind of characters, uh, it, that's 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 kind of crapping on the, those wins of very very different types of movies that challenge in different ways. I mean, we we've had in the last couple of years we had a foreign film win best picture we had a a quiet you know contemplation of of homelessness win best picture we had a movie where the main character is is a homosexual black man win best picture and it's just it's a character study of his life to say that all we go for is crowd pleasers and things that don't challenge us is kind of crapping on the last five years of what we have done and have and have had some very interesting different best picture winners what you did say that i think is really interesting is you have it it all depends on when the voting happens and what's trending at that time i think you could say the same thing about parasite winning parasite won because the voting happened at just the right time for it to be peaking at just the right time for it to get that win and coda did the same thing this year um everyone thought nomadland was last year couldn't win just because it had been the favorite for so long. But the difference there was we didn't know the Oscar for another month. And all those things were able to quiet down by the time the voting happened and Nomadland was able to come out. If this was a month later, I think power of the dog wins, but it just happened to be the right time for that. But, in, but yeah, to, to say that it all we want is, is unchallenging crowd pleasers. And by the way, I loved Coda. It was in my top five and probably I think it was my highest rated, best picture nominee of this year. But I think that's, that's beside the point. The point is, I think that it, it's not necessarily the, the Academy's MO every year to pick the crowd pleaser that, uh, that is, um, that doesn't challenge you because they've showed that they're not going to do that. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of think so. I mean, I think that Parasite wins the Screen Actors Guild Award, right? It wins for the, for the cast. That's when that movie overtakes 1917 and i think last year was a crapshoot because of covid and i i don't think i think we lost zach we did oh you're back you, I, we lost you there for a second okay i was i was just saying i oops all right you're there I, we hear you oh and he's gone I, I think that just shows that I made my point so well that he he was so embarrassed he just had to leave. I think that that's what it was. Now we'll get Zach back here here in a sec. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think where where else we could go with with that. You wanna, over. You want to talk about the Oscar challenge? Yeah, let's talk about Oscar challenge. Oh wait, no, we got Zach back. Hey, Zach, you're back. All right. Sorry, sorry, you lost me for a second. I just, I, okay. I just want to push back on Terry's point. I think it's always about the crowd pleaser. It was about the crowd pleaser with uh, Parasite because it won the the the, cat, the ensemble award at SAG, and I think Nomadland was an outlier because of COVID. I think it's always about the crowd pleaser. The crowd pleaser, was a crowd pleaser. Absolutely, was a crowd crowd pleaser. Yeah, that more than La La Land. Yes, La, La, I, I think the shit water is the weirdest one. 
That one doesn't fit into any box. That, that's a good point too. Or 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 the or before Moonlight, we had we had you know the the uh, the drama about sexual assault in the Catholic Church. Yeah, that's a real crowd pleaser there. Uh, then uh, before that, we had we had well, more so than the revenue. Twelve years. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're going if you go with the crowd pleasers, our Mad Max Fury Road would win, right? It's or probably. The Martian. It's probably not about the crowd pleaser. You you have a point. I get, I get your point. I think it's about the Oscar campaign. And listen, okay, the Wall Street Journal just put out an article this week that said yeah. that that the budget of of Coda was ten million dollars. The Oscar campaign was ten million dollars, and the rights to the distribution from Sundance from Apple TV Plus was twenty five million dollars. Okay. So it's always about opportunistic campaigning. And what does that say about the Oscars? It says that. The, you know, in, in, in the words of uh, Billy Wilder, uh, the audience is fickle, just like the Academy voters. They are fickle. They fall for this. They like the campaigning. They like the narrative. It is never about the movie. And I'd be shocked if you could talk to, uh, you know, uh, 10, uh, 20 people in Hollywood who've actually seen Coda. This has See, to be the, the least seen Best Picture winner ever at the time that it won Best Picture. No Man Land. Nobody still has seen No Man Land. <laughs> well, No Man Land's probably close second. Yeah, that's probably fair. I I think uh, you I think you're really underselling Coda. I think there there's a couple things I think that Coda had going for it. Um, one, I think there's a little bit more of a of a of a fan support to it than you realize. And the difference between this and Little Miss Sunshine is that Little Miss Sunshine actually hit theaters and had a great box office run. If Coda was in theaters, it would have done the same thing, and you'd be thinking about it in a very different way. Um, I let, to be clear, because we never reviewed it. Yeah, I'll just say because I saw it. I believe it or not, I saw it in a theater last week. I drove Ooh. thirty miles to see it. I was one of the few people in the world to see this movie. I liked this movie. I didn't really have any. I'd say you're one of the it. few people to see it in a theater. Let's I'm probably one of the few way. people to see it. Period. But. <laughs> I liked the movie. I didn't really have any issues with the movie. Uh, we can do a review of it here. Maybe we'll deep dive it in a year. Any... Those that are watching, comment on this and tell us if you've seen Coda. No, they haven't seen Coda. All six <laughs> people have not seen Coda. Um, uh, we know Kyle Heck has not seen Coda for a fact, even though he probably won the Oscar <laughs> challenge. Uh, listen, I like Coda. Uh, to me, um, I like Troy Kotzer. I like Marley Matlin. Um, you know, if I was going to vote for a movie that came out of Sundance with a top, you know, top distribution rights, I would have voted for in the bedroom, but it is to me a two and a half, three star movie. Um, the scenes that didn't involve the family were horrifically contrived and the last 20 minutes of this movie was shameless. However, it's not a terrible movie. There's no way in any universe or multiverse that it wins this picture. But it's fine for what it is. And it is certainly better than Green Book and Crash. And it is certainly better than Don't Look Up. And it's fine. It's a trivia question and answer, though, in a few years. Just like Shape of Water, honestly, kind of is. But Troy Kotzer's moment was the best moment of the Oscars. So emotional endings are the same thing as shameless endings. It was an absolute... Come on, Todd. Defend my point. It was a, it was a, oh, I know, Todd. A, a, Todd, a, a, Todd, a, a Todd hated it more than you did. Ending. By the way, you, you did text me and said it's a three-star movie and it's you a, and you actually liked it. Depending on the day. Depending on the day. Yeah, and, and today you don't like it because you just I heard that the, best the Academy <laughs> likes it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't like a best picture winner. That's no, I think of course that's not. really what we're unless it's about. parasite. 
I think I think you you dropped Parasite down like ten spots on your uh, top hundred. It did of all lose time. a little bit of credibility yeah, just after because, one best picture. Just because it's it just wasn't like Kramer trendy. versus Kramer, you know, is it really the best movie of all time? Probably not. But Todd, let, what what are your thoughts about Coda? I mean, I think it's fine too. I think I gave it three stars. It's, I mean, it's exactly what you think it's going to be going in. And I think we, we even Terry and I talked about it on the podcast. We compared it to that movie we reviewed. Mm last year all together now all together now all together now yes i remember that with iovaldi krishandi yes (laughs) and uh i don't know i mean it's it's exactly the way sundance movies are it's the kind of movie that wins best original screenplay um and not adapted screenplay so because that usually goes to something more prestigious which is why i had money on the lost daughter but i don't know i mean i had koto as, as the best picture winner when we did our predictions thing a few weeks or yeah two weeks ago and you guys like laughed at me and uh i don't know also win the oscar challenge between the three of us can we also yeah. just talk a little bit about the elephant in the room here with coda because we're the only three people who've seen this movie in the world and let's just also probably people the, who are probably, watching comment probably, tell me you've seen this movie they please. haven't that's why they're not commenting sean has probably <laughs> not seen this movie let's be honest and here's the thing troy has probably not seen this movie the thing is, um, here's the real problem with Coda is that last year there was a movie came out called Sound of Metal that we loved on this podcast. I mean, we went movie. out, Paul, friend of the podcast, Paul Racy, we loved that performance. Academy Award winner Riz Ahmed, great performance in that movie. We loved that movie. It is so much better than Coda. And yet it feels as though Coda winning this year is almost an apology to Sound of Metal because there were there were uh, a subpar podcasters out there who said that Sound of Metal was not a very respectful movie to the deaf community and it was toxic and it was a bad movie. Shame on them. Sound of Metal was a, a work of art. It was a genius movie. This movie had some good moments, but it never would have stu- stumped to the level that this movie did with its final scene, and it didn't have a choir director character, okay? Riz Ahmed was already a great drummer. He didn't need to have the high school motivational teacher who told him, no, you need to be a great drummer. I will not spend more time on you. I mean, okay, I, I lost my, the joke's over. You guys aren't laughing at that. But the point is, Sound of Metal is a much better movie, and I think we can all agree on that, all four of us and Adam in spirit. So, I, I, I'd agree. Sound of Metal's a better movie. It felt like this was a statement about Sound of Metal. This movie winning best picture. So. I don't think so. Um, a, a little by bit. The way, little by the bit. way, shout out Riz Ahmed, Oscar winner. Um, Oscar winner that, that for was, a terrible, be... terrible short. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he might he might be the coolest Oscar winner to come out of this. Um, Has well, Billie Eilish, I saw him. Billie Eilish is the uh, the first uh, Oscar winner born in the 21st century. I saw that too. Wow. Has anyone that... commented that they've seen Coda? Because I, I just I, I want to hear I want to hear no one, no there. one's comment I'm waiting no one has no one said anything someone saw I mean, the worst tell- person in the world when that wasn't even premiering in the United States when we did our live stream <laughs> just, <laughs> just tell us have you seen it and have no you one has seen, seen it? Coda I don't really care if it's one way or the other well I um, see but yeah okay so Coda they were capitalizing on something that they wanted to feel good about themselves so they're acknowledging this movie about the deaf community which is why I chose Audible to win best short documentary because I thought it was going to be packaged with that. It was going to be like, hey, look how look how great we are in, in Hollywood. We're going to uh, uh, 
anoint these these great movies about the deaf community and uh i got that one wrong that was one of the two things i got wrong it was the best oscar show oscar challenge showing i've ever had by the way and i think part of that is i think it might have been the most predictable oscar winning lineup that we've had oh absolutely before we the reason is because dune actually won everything that was supposed to there was no upset of dune it was six (laughs) for but eight yeah, it was okay. very predictable, and I think also Nine, even in the sure. shorts, except I mean the biggest, the biggest upset was uh, what the the windshield wiper. Yes. Yeah, windshield that was, that was shout like out to Greg upset. Kinnear, flash of genius. <laughs> he didn't get credit. He invented the windshield <laughs> oh, wiper. Oh my word! He I did not get thanked in the Oscar speech. Pick Robin Robin because I heard that that's the longest short that was nominated this year. Even though it's Netflix, I was like, no. There's no way that anyone's watching like a 38 minute short film. Yeah. And, well, no one's watching Coda either. Can I ask a question <laughs> about Coda? Who 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 uh, <laughs> went up on stage and gave the acceptance speech for Coda? Because he sounded French. And here's the thing: is that Coda was a remake of a French movie that didn't cast deaf actors in it and got a lot of criticism for doing that. So is this the same producer of that toxic movie? I, well, I saw I saw one. It, when it was uh, up for screenplay, one of the people on there was one of like Jacques Audiard's uh, co-writers on all his movies. So maybe it was that production company. But then again, like Sound of Metal didn't have a deaf actor in their main role. So well, that's could say. But this is a response to Sound of Metal. <laughs> I, I'm saying like the that. one that you're I, talking about, the original got shit on for that. It, but then again, you need to start out as being a hearing person, I guess. I th- I think Sound of Metal only got the recognition it got last year because it was the COVID year. I don't think that's a Best Picture nominee in a normal year. Um, even even as great as it is, it doesn't feel like that because it's so, it's so rough around the edges, which is what we love about it. But I think Coda took what Sound of Metal had and made it more accessible and a little more refined, and I think and and made it that crowd pleaser, which is what made it. Different. I'm, I've been trying to think of a, an example of, of something similar, but I can't think of one. But it, it it just made it a little more a little more accessible, a little more refined, and and was able to uh, was able to capitalize on that. I, just... I one thing I agree with you is I think the worst thing that could have happened to Coda, uh, like reputation wise, was it win because it's going to go down as as the this movie that that won that shouldn't have and kind of like the king's speech i loved the king's speech but what's it known as it's known as the movie that law or that beat social network and it, it's been crapped on for the last 11 12 years because of it i think coda might end up being that too um the best thing that happened for little miss sunshine's reputation is it didn't win best picture uh and it's been able to stay this crowd pleasing favorite because it's still the little movie that could now the little movie that could is a best picture winner and how's that going to shape the how it's remembered uh years later but no one cares about that question and uh, apple tv not in the moment not in the and moment, apple no. tv plus doesn't even care listen of the 38 people in the world who have seen this movie the 30 you know 37 of the 38 of them watched it because of marley matlin right and to not have Marley Matlin speak at the Best Picture uh, <laughs> Award was, I thought, a little bit insulting. 
I think that that was that was a missed opportunity because I think she was she was one of the recognizable icons of this movie. And it was kind of sad to see her not get not get recognized in any way. Another interesting point that I heard is that, you know, we're had this movie been nominated a little bit later. Amelia Jones probably wins Best Actress. We're not talking about Jessica Chastain tonight. tonight. We're talking about Amelia Jones. At least and, nominated. Yeah. And no, probably winning. I mean, you got to be honest. I that is, so. we, we will go down uh, Jessica Chastain as a, that is a weak award. That is the Julianne Moore Award for weak Best Actress winner. And uh, it you is loved a loved that performance. No, I, I no, I didn't. No, I gave that movie two and a half stars. It was, it was, it was all makeup. It was, you know, it, I, I listen on our Oscar ballot, and we should talk about our Oscar ballot. I didn't vote for Jessica Chastain. I voted for Penelope Cruz because I thought Chastain and mm. Kidman would cancel each other out because kind of they were both lame performances. But like, no one's going to be talking about that movie because no one cares about the movies. No one cares about King Richard. All they care about is the punch. No one cares about Power of the Dog because it was lame and boring. No one cares about Coda. No one cares about the movies. When was the last Oscars where people really cared about the movies? Was it maybe Moonlight, La La Land? Like that had, you know, people genuinely came to the defense of Moonlight when that movie won because they had seen it and they cared everybody... about everybody was all over Get Out and Lady Bird. Yeah, that's and probably three billboards. True. Like there were all those movies had fans. Yep. Yeah, that was that was a year later. Um you could say something similar about 2018, but really that was just because mm. everybody hated Green Book and I don't think loved people it. saw Roma. Nobody yeah, saw well, Vice. Roma, the favorite, uh Black Panther, Black Klansman. I think A Star is Born is a very forgotten movie in that lineup, but Green Book, uh, everyone cared about Green Book, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Vice winning awards, and nobody cared about it. Uh, here, here's a great understatement right here. That, that, yeah, that it was, it was something. It was a ceremony. That ceremony was, was something. Joey's movie um, blog has not seen Coda, by the way. Yes. Otherwise, he would have said. So, uh, let, let me just uh, throw this out there. Right now on IMDb, Coda has an 8.0 with 71,000 votes. Ooh. Yeah, a lot of which for Cage a streaming... movie has votes on it. So what? The Nicolas Cage movie has votes on it. I don't think anyone's seen it yet. Yeah, true. But but for, for a streaming movie, for a streaming movie, Leon the Pig Farmer has more, has more votes. Leon the Pig Farmer had <laughs> maybe five hundred. <laughs> I remember. I remember. All right. So I do remember you texting me about Coda when you watched it and said, or no, I think you post. Did you post it on on Facebook? I couldn't remember. But you said something like Coda. It, um, I would love Coda if it was this tiny little movie I found at the library that had 500, 500 uh, or votes on, on it, or on Canopy. Uh, you would Middle love it, June. but since it's yeah, but it's since it's becoming a a best picture favorite and now best picture winner, it's not that. It, it it's your diamond in the rough. It's not a movie that's go, that should be going up and getting all this stuff. But I think it's interesting that the diamond in the rough made it all the way to the top. Um, okay, so this, there's this guy Larry Chilson Jr. got 22 out of 23. He sounds like a I don't know small forward on Louisville or something. But like uh, I don't know who this guy is, and he needs to come on our podcast. He does. He's going to get invited. I think Adam knows who it is. I'll Guess how many votes Sound of Metal out. has on IMDb? 23. How many? <laughs> 117,000. Well, it's been out for like what a, an years. extra year because it was it was like Toronto the year before even so yeah 2019 
All right. Well, Joey's movie blog agrees with you. He hasn't seen it. Didn't even know it existed until the nominations. And doesn't have Apple TV Plus. I don't well, get Apple TV Plus. It's overrated, Joey. Stay. Yeah, it says the one that doesn't have it. It's five dollars a month. It's five dollars a month. You can watch this. You can watch my number two movie of la- of last year in Swan Song. You can watch the top ten movie of the year before in Boys State, which Zach knows he needs to see. Um, you can watch Ted Lasso. You can watch uh, For All Mankind, which is a great show about the space race. Um, what else can you... Windwalker? Windtalkers. Wolf Walkers. Wolf Talkers? Definitely not Windtalkers. <laughs> cage. Yeah, that's a great is, movie. Is Greyhound? I don't know. There's the other <laughs> Greyhound. Stuff. The John Hamm commercial. The John Hamm commercial. Yes, that's that's the important thing. Get Apple TV Plus. It's actually worth it, and it's fairly inexpensive, and it's all original content. That's the thing I kind of like about it. Is they they went they went no guts no glory and why said we're they, only going to have original content. Listen, why didn't they have some Apple TV Plus promotions during the Oscars? That's that that's the real disappointment. I mean, we should have seen some commercials. I mean, the whole th- you know it was a three hour ceremony for Apple TV Plus commercials and for Will Smith. That's because it's only because takeaway. it's ABC. They're going to run Hulu pr- uh, promotions, not Apple TV Plus. Oh oh yeah, and and like a a four minute trailer for Lightyear. <laughs> yeah, yeah yes. Yeah. Yes, I like Joe, Joey's comment. I feel like I'm watching my parents fighting about buying a house. Yeah, <laughs> is he referring to us. Yeah, yes. he is. He we is. don't care that much, Joey. <laughs> this is a joke. Okay, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, about the history that Power of the Dog made tonight, because Power of the Dog became the first movie since The Graduate, and I think the right. only movie other than The Graduate. To only win Best Director, I think uh, Giant. Only one okay. director. And then the first movie since The Graduate to right. win Just Best Director, and I don't know what the set is, but the first movie in a very, very, very long time to lead in nominations and only and not win multiple Oscars. They were bored. Wow. I was bored. I fell asleep. They would, she wouldn't have won Best Director if she wasn't don't care. Uh, an international director. Like, this is now every movie since 20, what, two, two, since 2009, other than La La Land, the director winner was not English, <laughs> either English born or English speaking. Like, they love the foreign auteurs. I, I think um, the way things were trending, um, I think if if Villeneuve is nominated, he wins tonight. Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah, but six Oscars. They, <laughs> they won six tech Oscars, and their director wasn't nominated. Well, if he's nominated, that, that he wins. But by that logic, George Miller would have won. Or, or Christopher you, Nolan that, in 2010. But you were but going up another powerhouse. A, yeah, another powerhouse tech. I mean, it had the same amount of tech nominations as, uh, as Mad Max. We're talking about... Uh, uh, the Revenant. No, I think, I, I think Campion was a clear winner because she had been nominated before and it was considered an overdue award in spite of the fact that very few Oscar voters have probably seen any of her movies and they just kind of know her as a, you know, a legendary female cut. director from New Zealand. Yeah, in the cut. There we go. In the cut. Now we're talking. Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan at 37, 40, 44, 50, 47, 10. 5430. If no one knows that joke, just kind of move on. But um, yeah, 15 year anniversary of that movie. We should have had something about that on there. 
<laughs> yeah, because nothing says current like putting Katherine Heigl on stage. <laughs> Go ahead, they, they had Bill Murray talking about Ivan Reitman. That was weird. Like, that was okay. during the in memoriam. <laughs> yeah. I thought in that was memoriam, okay. Though. You died this year in memoriam. We're gonna sing to you. We're gonna do a song and dance number in memoriam. Okay. That that was the weirdest part of that. I didn't mind the, the song selections, but the point of the in memoriam is to honor those that have passed, not to watch a gospel choir dance. Uh get on the screen and leave those people alone. Um, I did like you had so many legendary and landmark people of the industry die uh, this last year. So I didn't mind having the the short vocal or verbal tribute to Sidney Poitier and Ivan Reitman and Betty White. I thought I thought that worked. Um, but put the focus where it's supposed to be. It's not on the performance of the In Memoriam song. It's on the actual oh, in memoriam. Okay, you're not. You didn't get this ceremony, then, Terry. If you didn't. If you didn't Once think again, this was the song, then you kind of you missed the boat uh, on that one. This is all about the songs, man. I just love the 28 year anniversary of Pulp Fiction. I no, mean, let's just talk about other great 28th anniversaries. Um, you know. Uh, oh, let's see this comment by Joe. The best Lee part Lee of Power of the Dog was that my dog knocked my TV off the entertainment center halfway through. That's a yeah. powerful dog. Is a powerful dog. Um, I well, and so power the dog. Uh, I they even made a joke about how boring it was. What, what was the joke? I've watched it three times, I'm halfway through. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, yeah, is, is this podcast more entertaining than power of the dog? I, th I think the Oscar voters would probably say so. <laughs> Uh, but according to you, they wouldn't watch it before they before they said it. Um, <laughs> Here's the real question. Let, let's get real for a second. Would Spider-Man No Way Home have won Best Picture if it was nominated? I think there's a chance it would have. No. Because these people are so fickle. Come on. They're, they don't watch the movies, so we already know that. this is a, That's a movie they would have watched. And listen, it was the second most cheer-rousing moment in the history of cinema. Third. Third. Oh, third. third. I'm sorry. Fourth. What was or no? No, fourth Wait. was Dreamgirls because who could forget that scene? That made me raise my to my feet when Jennifer Hudson sang that song. But uh, no, I believe Spider-Man: uh, No Way Home was the second most cheerworthy moment of no, all time. No, it was it was, Justice, it was uh, the Justice Avengers League. Assemble, wasn't it? it was number no, two. I th no, that was third. I think that was third. I was hoping I, that uh, new, News yeah. Team Assemble would be the one spot above. Yeah, can we Assemble. can we just can we just recognize uh, that the the two fan vote categories uh, had a Zack Snyder sweep? Yeah, and that neither of them played in the theater. And neither of them played in the theater. I don't uh, think maybe Army of the Dead did a little bit, but yeah definitely what was that well, johnny depp Snyder movie that that's I've what i was just about to say that. it has good reviews i i saw, I've looked it up that's a come to the stable movie <laughs> oh my word um let's no see here We're... no did that cinderella movie even get released like is that even it has it it amazon like a, prime maybe it's like a, a 20 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah, it, it, it was supposed to be horrible oh by the person like k cannon isn't that the pitch perfect director Oh, that sounds right. Blockers. Yep. 
I love that. So listen, going back to Coda for a second. I love that the Academy voted for Coda because they think that they're like trendy and hip. And yet that's like the most untrendy, unhip movie you could possibly pick because no one has seen it. I hate to nobody's seen it. Nail that point down again. But like that, that was totally like, I mean, it was fan service in the way that Spider-Man No Way Home was fan service. And yet it's so undermined any sort of credibility of the Oscars. Go with a movie that people, if you're going to do the whole, like, we're going to do an upset pick type thing that the fans can rally around, go with a movie that people have seen. Go with Spider-Man No Way Home. Don't so go are you saying never no go with a Sundance movie? Because is this is this like the first Sundance movie to win Best Picture? Yes, it is. It was the first Sundance movie so to win Best Picture. are you Picture. saying that we shouldn't be doing that? Like no Sundance movie should qualify pretty much because nobody's going to watch them? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that this is a movie that I happen to find, well, and, and you also happen to find very uh, contrived and predictable and sentimental, which is why it was in Terry's top five which I think we can all appreciate. Thanks, thanks, but the truth is, it is, it, I don't it is think more not people a have, picture winner. I don't think any more people have seen, like had seen probably Whiplash than Sakota when, like, when Whiplash was, was nominated. I mean, and that was another Sundance movie, a big Sundance sweep hit. I think the truth is that people just don't like getting told what to vote for. Too many people were told to vote for Power of the Dog. And did you, did you guys notice, or was it just me? Like in the last two weeks, all the film, film Twitter, film Instagram, whatever, all of them said, you know what? We didn't really like Power of the Dog. We're voting for Coda instead. It was like it, it was like the, you know, the top came off or something. Like people were free to actually say what they thought, which is that they didn't really like Power of the Dog because they can't be patient and actually watch a movie with character development or, or, or uh, you know, a story. How bad would it have been if King Richard would have won? <laughs> After all this? <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, like, like if, if Jane Campion's comments really got to the point that everyone voted for King Richard and then all that stuff went down on the ceremony and then at the end, Will Smith's also accepting Best Picture. That, that's the other reason I, I think that it, it would have made sense if, uh, if, uh, De, if Denis was nominated, I think he could have won. Here, here's a comment here on one of the fan votes. The Warner Brothers execs pissed their pants when Zack Snyder's Justice League won. Yeah. That makes sense. I had, I had to explain to my wife what that it what that was. She goes, "Wait, what? What is this?" And I had to explain the whole, you know, director's cut thing. It did uh, well. I don't understand why they unveiled it the way they did. All it just said was like top five favorite movies. It didn't have any context whatsoever. It was like, "Here's your fan favorite uh, results that we've been hyping up for the last three months or something." It was just like top five favorite movies. <laughs> I thought five. there was a third one people were voting for. <laughs> I couldn't remember. What did you guys think of the whole mm-hmm. um, uh, awards presented pre-ceremony and how they they stuck them in with some uh, gratuitous audience reaction shots? Well, some of them, some of those people probably were in there because, like, I mean, it was it, the timing was strange because, like, I was watching the red carpet leading up to the, uh, the show actually happening, and Jessica Chastain was out on the red carpet, but she was there when her team won makeup, so I'm not really sure. But the timing of, of it is is all a little uh, iffy. I think they had some pre-recorded uh, red carpet interviews too that they showed during that hour. That could be. Um, yeah, we... I, I if they had done some, if they had actually showed a little bit more of the speeches or all of the speeches, I think that would have it would have been better. Like the way they presented it, I thought was okay. 
if you actually gave them the time they deserved. I mean, especially, I mean, you try to throw so much other stuff in there to make it, uh, to make it, uh, an entertaining show and to try to appeal to the masses and you ran 40 minutes over. That's exactly my point. You, you, they still ran 40 minutes over, which does not bode well for this thing going away next year. I, they're probably going to cut more categories next year, I would think. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where they, where they could go from here. I mean, you just... I mean, what, what made it run? I don't even know what made it run over. I mean, they, they tried to throw in all the little bit things, but they didn't even really have that many bits. No, it was the, it was the musical numbers. The, that, but they always have the musical numbers. Not songs that weren't nominated for best song. Well, yes, I think but only they, one... there was one song that didn't perform, so you had a slot for it. But there was also only one time that they uh, presented multiple awards at the same time, and that was the screenplay categories. Other than that, everything had its own segment. They even had like that awkward when they introduced the clip of the people that were going to accept the awards on a pre-recorded thing, which like, at least they didn't do that the rest of the time. They did that on the first one. They they even cut they cut out highlights to the to the governor's awards. Even, I mean that that I thought was pretty poor. The fact that you're just gonna say, "Oh yeah, we had governor's awards. Samuel Jackson won. Yay! Okay, moving on." I that that I thought was was garbage you gotta show and you had you had three hosts who all had multiple bits to themselves and together like the hosts had more screen time than they ever have it's like they just needed they yeah i i thought the yeah the fact that you still ran that far over i i think it shows that whatever you were trying to do didn't work so I said this a couple of years ago. I said that the odds of the Golden Globes not existing anymore were like 250 to 1. I think those odds go down now to like 10 to 1. What are the odds that the Oscars aren't here in 10 years? Like, I think they probably, I think there's a chance that they just kind of fade. I, they won't be on ABC. I, no, I think that there's a chance that they don't exist anymore. I, I think I think 10 to 1 odds, I would say. They, they're not here in 10 Too years. Too many people care. I don't I, think, I think in the they'll they'll still be around uh, in in some capacity. Um, I don't. Yeah, I think that it, there might be something where it's not. It won't be on ABC as soon as that contract's up. Um, I think they'll. I think the Academy is kind of stuck being a slave to the to the um, to ABC because I heard that they they were one of the main contributors to making the Academy Museum happen. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, we can shit on ABC all we want, and I think there's a lot of real, genuine, and uh, deserved takes about that. But I just think for most people, they don't watch movies anymore unless it's Spider-Man or Encanto. I mean, Amy jo- Amy Schumer made the joke. It's the only movie I've watched all year, and i watched it 100 times. I don't think most people in the public watch movies anymore to the extent that the people who watch movies would care about something like the Oscars. I think they would care about maybe Cannes or Sundance, but to have a spectacle like the Oscars, you know, and just hammered over the head with contrived, ridiculous, uh, you know, uh, theater is not something that true cinema fans value in any way. I think they, I think there's a real chance they go away in 10 years. I think that this is the beginning of the end. I would say I would change that a little bit. I wouldn't say that people don't, watch movies anymore i say i would say people don't go to the movies anymore 
um, I think this when movies pop up on streaming, people watch them because it's easily accessible. It's at home. And I think part of the problem is that's impossible to track. That's impossible to see how many people are actually seeing these movies. Um, and I think Netflix has a juggernaut on their hands, but I think they've also created a problem in that their, their cycle is a week that, right. They come out with five movies every week. And so you see it and it ha- it lasts a week and then it's off the top list because the next batch of movies has come out. Um, until they can find a way to to continue to promote their movies in their streaming space, like Power of the Dog, and I mean, Don't Look Up, I guess, had a little bit more staying power because of some star power, and somehow people liked it. Well, yeah, those, um, those movies are in a different category for Netflix. Like they have their prestige category, and everything else just goes in the same box. Like even something like Yakuza and the Family, like that's a movie. I'm sure a ton of people have watched, but I mean, it's never going to get any notice because it's just in the box of just another movie on Netflix. They they just have so much volume in their in Yeah, but their I mean, that's what I'm saying is like when they have an Irishman or a Power of the Dog or whatever, it's like th- these movies are going to be hyped up for other reasons than the fact that people are going to come across them on Netflix. Like people are going to know about them anyway. True. Yeah, I, I just... I, I think I, it... I, oh, go ahead. I was just to say, I, maybe the Oscars themselves don't go away. But, like, listen, what are the storylines that are going to come out of tonight? Obviously, Will Smith and Chris Rock, okay? Uh, They'll talk about some of the musical numbers, and they'll talk about a movie that no one has seen because people don't watch movies anymore. So I think the Oscars have a real problem on their hands. It goes exactly to what you were saying, Terry, is that Netflix has this constant flow of movies that sometimes people watch, sometimes they don't. And it becomes less about the movies themselves and more about the abstract idea of movies, okay? It's, it's fun to create a fan edit of the most uh, inspiring and inspirational uplifting moments from CODA, but no one's actually going to sit down and watch the movie. So I feel like in a few years, the Oscars are not going to be about presenting it to movies. It's going to be exactly what the top five you know, cheerworthy moments were, right? Or it's it's not going to be about best picture, but it's going to be about the best moment that you uh, pissed your pants because you saw three Spider-Men. It's not going to be anything about the craft of filmmaking anymore. And I think, you know, this is getting very serious. Joey's movie blog, please agree with me. I mean, it's it's a sad state to be in. We could be watching the last Oscars. I, I don't think so. I, I think the Oscars might change. And and look a little different, but I, I don't think the Oscars are, are going to be going anywhere. Oh, well, listen, Francis, uh, Francis Ford Coppola and Robert De Niro and Al Pacino, that, that is not what they want to do. I mean, they got how long? 45 seconds? Like that is what the that is what the producers want to go away from. And that is not what they want. Uh, they want they want to show audiences. I don't know. I just I feel in a very nihilistic place right now because this was the worst Oscar ceremony in my life. In the past, the bad ceremonies were because of very specific, tangible things like bad host, bad winners. Uh, it went too ending long. with best actor ending with best. Exactly. <laughs> this this ceremony was like an existential crisis about movies. Like no one saw the best picture. No one cares about the best picture. We care about Will Smith punching Chris Rock. It was never about the movies. It was about Apple TV versus Netflix. It was about the campaigning, uh, but not even really about the campaigning. It's just, it doesn't feel like, it feels like we've, we've entered a terrain where no one watches the movies anymore. I don't know. 
Joey's yes, movie blog. Joey. The Academy needs to realize that their show isn't the Super Bowl. Yeah, thank you. I absolutely agree with that. I and think we the, can all agree with that. But the problem is, at one point it was. ABC paid for it like it was, and it's been it's been dwindling down. People don't. People well, the don't problem that. is that there are more than one pinnacle of the seat of the of the year now. It's like there were the Golden Globes, and then there's still the BAFTAs, and now there's the Critics' Choice. There's all these things leading up to it where the water the Oscars are watered down now. But when they were the only show in town, it was like this is the one where we recognize like the. The, like this is the greatest thing we have in in movies right now. I I don't think that I don't think that's it at all. The the Oscars are still a pinnacle. I think the problem is nobody watches TV. Nobody watches TV anymore. I know, but I mean, you could you could put it on streaming or something, and you probably wouldn't get that much more uptick, but you would get some. But it's the problem is is that it has become predictable because there's all these things coming before it, and like the Super Bowl is the only final game of the year. Like this, the Oscars aren't the only final award show of the year you know but they so they end the award season though i i don't know i don't i don't necessarily they always. agree with that they haven't always but they've always been been the the big one uh I, it looks like someone does agree with zach and that that would be zach i mean listen i can't argue with the fans <laughs> this is fan service zach you commented yourself on the on the stream to 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 have someone agree with you i think yeah talking about you know fan service here and um i i think yeah i think what would it be i think it's safe to say that like this whole trend you you have a decent point in saying that that coda is not necessarily a a widely seen movie but i think you could go back to would it be safe to say this started like when the hurt locker won and beat avatar because I would argue the Hurt Locker was probably the least seen movie. Oh yeah, I mean no money. It came out in the summer. Any Best Picture winner, and it beat the highest grossing movie of all time for Best Picture. Um, and maybe that's when all this started. It started of, that when did it? Why did it start then? Because that's when they changed how they voting. Like, and well, ten, and that was the nominees. first. That was the first year of ten yeah, nominees. Yeah, so I mean, too, that's what yeah. I mean. So that's that's why that that was the result of trying to appeal to the fans because the year before the Dark Knight and Wally and stuff weren't nominated. Not, no, I mean because the the Hurt Locker had more consensus as being really good, and it wasn't going to rank low on any list. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this is the this is part of the problem. This is why the, t- the group of t- the ten nominees is the problem. So, so in it, it's really funny that what it comes back to is all there's all their attempts to to appeal to more people have just made it so that less people care. Well, yeah, and 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 they made it more like the more voters that they've added to the academy, the more it's become international and less popular movies because now. Like we get Drive My Car, which we all agree. I don't know what Terry actually thinks of it. He watched it, but I don't know what you think of it. I I didn't get a chance to watch it actually. Oh. I was gonna watch it on the plane this week when I was traveling, and honestly, I was too tired on the plane to to read three hours of subtitles. Okay. Well, <laughs> that movie is never getting nominated ever in the Oscars, except for now because there are so many international members of the Oscar of the Academy that we're getting stuff like that, and and worst person of, in the world in screenplay. Yeah, instead of 
having Spider-Man nominated or whatever it is that their their goal was after the Dark Knight got snubbed. You know, I mean, it's it's become the opposite because you've added way too many members now. Spider-Man's getting nominated. It, five years from now, the Spider-Mans of the world will get nominated and they will win. On, there's no question. Th that is a fight that the Oscars are losing. And I can't, I mean, I hate Spider-Man and I can't even deny the fact that if the, if the, if ABC wants viewers, they're doing the absolute wrong thing by having these films that no one has seen get nominated for best picture. So losing dude, Dune was nominated. Like, and I remember yeah, when we reviewed really Dune, Dune, you said though. it had no chance. I'm like, no, this movie is artsy and it is the big. Well, obviously, everyone had no chance. Zach was right. It, it it was nominated for best picture. Thank you. <laughs> well, it did, but it didn't win. It wasn't even in the top five, probably. It probably was. It get, all right, all right. Here, here's this is always a fun exercise. Now that we know how everything went, if there were five, what would they have been? If there were five Best Picture nominees, what would without have been? without what, rank, what, without what ranked month? voting, right? What month are you talking about, Terry? Because this depends on the month. That's how fickle um, the Oscars are now. And is there ranked voting? I is think it, that, there... I think that's fair either, or that it's a fair statement either way of when voting happens because the campaigns peak at different times um let's say well let, let's let's do it let's do it for both times on nomination day when we heard these 10 were nominated what would have been the five obviously power of the dog um power of the dog West side story belfast dune and coda no i would throw coda in there i would put drive my car over coda I don't think drive, drive my car makes that makes the drive pie. my car was this year's talk to her or Mahon Drive or something like that. I mean, there's there was no way I was getting on for best picture with five. Coda would have been battling King Richard and Licorice Pizza for that last slot. Licorice Pizza got a director nomination too. That's so weird. Like, how is that not? That's not a lone director nominee kind of movie because Dune didn't get nominated somehow. I I I I would still go with Coda. Maybe King Richard. I mean, King mm. Richard. It had it had the it had the two acting nominations. It had the editing nomination. I don't know. All right. So Today, wait, what, what were the ones that we that we said? Power of the Dog, Coda, Belfast, dog, West Side Dune, Story, Belfast, West Side Story, and so two two lone director nominations. And then, yeah, because what would the director nominations were, would have yeah. So it would have been Licorice Pizza and Drive My Car would have been. That's oof. so weird. Yeah, that. How often do do two lone director nominee nominees happen? That's rare. Yeah, like it's not impossible. Two thousand four, I think, had that. But I mean, but then again, it would have been that way in two thousand eighteen. Vice was. There's no way that was getting nominated with five, and that had a director nomination. All right. If it happened today. Um, on on the day we we hear the winners, what would the what would the five have been? Coda. Uh, Power of the Dog. No, no Power of the Dog. It, it was number two. Come on. No, um, it, it wouldn't get nominated today. Too much backlash. It probably wouldn't have the number one votes necessarily, if we're doing it that way. It's in the it's in the five. Don't look say, up is probably don't look there. up clearly. Um, are we West just saying, are we just doing best picture winners? No. What, what would have been best if nominees? the voting happened today? What would have been the five best picture nominees? 
Coda, Don't Look Up, Tragedy of Macbeth. No, there's no way Macbeth. There's no way another Apple movie's in there. That nobody has seen that. <laughs> well, nobody's Coda, Coda. Power of the Dog, Dune. Yes, Dune, um, probably. Then West Side Story. Probably West Side Story. Side Story still. I mean, I think and and Belfast took the screenplay still. Why not Eyes of Tammy Faye? That just won two Oscars. I mean, if we're going off of what just happened, why wouldn't that be considered? You're, you're just being. I an guess idiot. I don't know what your question. I don't know what that question means. What do you mean if it happened today? They just announced the winners. How could it happen it, today? No, you. At, I'm asking the question. If there were five, best I think he was more at saying if it would if the nominate if the an, an Oscar nominations would have come out in like January or something. Because then Coda wouldn't have been on the uptick yet, right? So what what I'm saying is, all right, put let's put it this way: what were what were the top five? What would you say were the top five in the voting for best picture? In in the, in the actual voting, so I mean, so clearly yeah. not King Richard. That would get too much negative feedback now because Will Smith just punched no. a guy. <laughs> Toxic masculinity. You are, we're, all right, you are not understanding the exercise at all. I don't understand um, what the question is, but I do think that Coda is. What were the top five movie. movies in the best picture voting? No, Spider Man obviously would get a nomination. Clearly, they they really missed the boat on that. Yes, they had they the could second vote for Spider Man when it wasn't a nominee. They had the second greatest cheer worthy well, hey, moment. Who, in was, who is it that said? Uh, Jason Momoa said he wrote himself into every category. <laughs> 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 including the sound <laughs> that was kind of a funny moment <laughs> that was that was pretty good that was pretty good uh all right i think we're i think we're getting close to wrapping this up can we give quote of the day <laughs> you can sure go ahead give all right quote. my quote of the day comes from uh the greatest coach in the history of college basketball who's not retiring this year his name is bill self and it's not from him, but it's from his father who said, don't worry about the mules, just load the wagon. I really don't know what that means, but I like it. And I said today, uh, because I was trying to be funny, as Bronco Henry said, don't worry about the mules, just load the wagon. And no one understood that. But I think the people on this podcast, plus, plus Joey's blog would understand. So shout out to Joey. I understood that reference. Not that he, not he, he watched the KU game today. I heard your boy Brett Doze didn't watch the Oscars, so he could welcome KU back from their their game. Yeah, we didn't burn the town down like the Kentucky fans, so we're still good on there. Are we going to have a reaction podcast when KU loses to Duke next Monday? Because I will be sloshed. Not, not a good sloshed. It's going to be sloshed either way. Duke is the only team I have left. Villanova is my champ. I, my 16 to 1 ticket's still sitting over there. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you, I, I have another quote of the day from Ryosuke Hamaguchi, who said, Thank you, everybody. And then he got played off. Twice. Quote. Yeah, got twice. played off twice because he kept ending his speech and me like, Hold on, I got another one. <laughs> the people were clapping for him and they kept on thinking he was done. I think and they had the were makeup. Just... The makeup lady from Corolla got like seven minutes. Like, what the hell? Come on. 
Well, I mean, after after Vinterberg talked for 12 minutes last year, I think they were making sure the international uh, uh, recipient knew that there was a limit. to. They knew time. their place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that that was the Oscars. Um, it, it was it was. Let's see here. Where, where was it again? Here's Joey's comment. I think says it well. That ceremony was something. Joey's but... dog for MVP for knocking out the cable. Or what? Yeah. No, they, that was during Power of the Dog, not the Oscars, though. Yeah, that, yes, okay. it was. Uh, congratulations, Coda. I, I think it, it's a, it, it's such a, I will say, it is a very different movie to win. Um, I think it's kind of a welcome, a welcome movie to win. This type of movie doesn't win very often of just the, the small movie. No, not but... at all. Not like King's Speech or, you know, Slumdog Millionaire or Crash or Green Book or any of those heartwarming movies. That doesn't, that never happens. Whatever, dude. All right. <laughs> I don't think Crash has ever been considered heartwarming. It's a good movie. You're right. It's not a terrible movie. There have been winners. It's fine. Whatever. We'll move on. We'll move on. And we're not, we'll not going to deep dive it. It's not an interesting enough movie for us to deep dive, which I think says something about it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say there's not enough characters because that's usually what you say about movies like this. Anyways, uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, This has been episode 169. We'll be back at you with 170 next week with our normal ridiculousness. Shenanigans. Um, Shenanigans. That's that's my normal word for it. Um, Enough of this gooey show of emotion. Uh, We will uh, talk to you then. Until then... Have fun watching movies, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Despite your crass behavior, I'm glad we were able to do this together.